The Loose Cannons podcast is a free-form discussion about film that contains mature language, such as poop and titty, and descriptions of mature situations, such as filing taxes and raising children. We do not have any concern for spoilers, so if you haven't seen the film or films we are discussing and don't want to have the twists ruined for you, please watch the film before listening to the podcast. What did this? We're not sure. Bad things are happening. But good people are going to make it better. We're going to need a lot of good people. Cannons podcast coming at you. We're kicking off our many new releases that we're going to be discussing this year with 2018's The Cloverfield Paradox, directed by Julius Ona. But before we do that, mm, let's do this. <laughs> it's a little segment we like to call Heralds and Denouncements. Boop, Patrick. All right. Um, I'm finally going to be heralding a movie this week. Uh, I don't know if you're going right. to be seeing this Positive vibes. after I uh, heralded Basil, but I wanted to herald. Oh, my God. You are. Oh, <laughs> at least this one will be a good one. Um, I want to herald Before We Vanish, the uh, new Kiyoshi Kurosawa <laughs> film out in theaters right now. Just got its American release. Mm. Out and yeah. in and out of theaters. It's gone yeah. already. Oh, wow. Ex- extremely yeah. quickly in theaters. I'm glad I caught it when mm. I did. Um, but yeah, this was a very interesting uh, alien invasion movie um, where aliens are walking around stealing concepts from people. <laughs> and once they steal the concepts from people, they the people themselves forget those concepts. And so it like radically changes the people's lives. And then there's this whole setup for invasion, but the invasion kind of, sort of happens. So you're left with a, a world in which people, a lot of people have forgotten a lot of concepts. And then it's sort of like a, I guess the end of the movie is sort of like a post-apocalyptic thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> We're still planning on watching it. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you... You said it was gone from theaters, though. Is that yeah, one? but it's going to come out on video. This is, like, in my top five most excited for movies. And you're like, here's the whole plot. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you, you knew. In your face, Basil. I literally knew nothing about this movie yeah. until now. <laughs> like, I knew the title was Before We Vanish. I didn't know anything about the plot at all. And now I know everything about the plot i think but you don't know everything that happens in the movie um i'll just i'll just say that it's it's in with that setup just imagine to yourself what kiyoshi kurosawa can do and i'll say no, that i don't a, want to i want to see the movie yeah we'll we'll be excited for it then um because i think it's a very interesting take on that of, of course kiyoshi kurosawa blending genres as he does and um <laughs> playing playing uh cagely with with actually giving you answers to those questions as well 
it's like well what if you forgot how to love or what if you forgot you know the concept of ownership of things or what if you forgot the concept of family like what would happen to your life if that happened to you <laughs> and then an alien stole that from you and started using it uh, <laughs> to navigate their way around the world that's basically the setup for it and uh i'll let you guys figure out the who the character because i haven't even told you like who the characters are so you don't know who's who and <laughs> what's what and okay i'll just leave it at that um, i did i did just I, that just that i did want to say that i uh i got a little bit uh owned at the end of this movie because i thought that i knew what it was about and then i tried to explain it to someone and then they did like a reversal takedown on me and i was like oh shit you're right i was rude that was rude of me so i'll, mm -hmm. I'll just let you guys figure it out from there since uh apparently you needed an alien to take the concept of mansplaining away from you <laughs> i did i did <laughs> i wish the alien would come down and take that from me <laughs> can you take this away from me poke me in the head this is and a take concept i'm fine without <laughs> basil um i'll uh go ahead i haven't finished it yet i started watching it this morning but so far uh i'll go ahead and denounce um amadeus directed by uh what is his name fuck milos, milos foreman, milos foreman? Yeah. oh and, wow uh I uh, I watched this movie a ton as a teenager, and I'm not exactly sure why, but I really loved it. But I hadn't seen it probably since I was like 16, and uh, I was working on like um, movie draft update stuff, and I like looked it through my uh, roommate's DVDs, and I was like, oh, he has Am Amadeus. I haven't seen that in forever, so I put it on while I was doing, uh, you know, errandy things. Yep. And uh, uh, I don't like it. It's, uh, <laughs> it it has a really weird romantic notion of uh, like artistry that I find very annoying. Like the whole premise of the movie is that this fake person Salieri is like wants to be a great composer more than anything, and has like dedicated his life to it, and is like very pious towards it. Like he like thinks of uh, art, artistic talent as something bequeathed by God. And so uh, then when he hears Mozart for the first time, he's like, oh, I'm nothing. This is amazing. And then he meets Mozart and he's like, oh, Mozart's a disgusting, like annoying, <laughs> tiny child person. Like why did God give this guy so much talent and me a faithful servant just enough to see how mediocre I am and uh, at least for the first half of the movie like obviously there's some you know uh, satirical elements to that but it doesn't really investigate like Mozart beyond that like like I think the the smart way to do this movie if you were gonna like make fun of that would be to be like oh no like Mozart actually like works really hard and like had like a crazy upbringing that like really subjugated him to like doing music and basically nothing else and that like sure 
there's some kind of luck involved, but it's also like no one gets, no one's born great at things. They develop skill over a long period of time. And, you know, sometimes people have like certain kinds of knacks for things that mesh with that, but you don't just like do it because you're <laughs> born to do it. Like, it, it takes a combination yeah. of things. And uh, so, like, so Salieri is like, a, I don't know, he's like envious. And so the movie's about this kind of like envy that it creates to be, want to be great at something and see someone else who's so much better than you'll ever be. And then you just want to destroy their life because you're so jealous. And. I think that's a fine idea for a movie, but like it doesn't really get at any kind of like underpinning to the point where it's like, no, Mozart's just a genius. And I was like, huh, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't care about this. Actually, Salieri's not a fictitious person. Salieri was actually a real. Yeah, he did exist. Yeah. But, uh, okay, but I mean, like the story yeah. is fictitious. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's like, no uh, like the rivalry is like a very like yeah, that's, fictionalized that's a, that's a idea. Up, that's a famously like yeah. trumped up portion of the story because um, I, I think in reality, like Salieri and Mozart were actually really good friends. <laughs> they were. I think someone once once uh, said that they were like the uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck of the day. <laughs> I was like, wow, wait, <laughs> which is which? <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope I'm not blowing up your spot, but I thought for sure you were gonna herald Babyface. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> nope. Only because I uh, was just going from memory, and I was like, "Well, what have I watched recently?" <laughs> well, about 15 minutes ago, I was watching something. <laughs> I'll talk about strongly that. Strongly about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, Babyface is cool though. <laughs> should watch it. Barbara Stanwyck's amazing. Oh yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. I watched Star Wars and I liked it for <laughs> the first time ever. I liked the Star Wars movie, so that's something. Uh, you mean really like the new one, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. I also you watched also The Force watched Awakens and it sucks. And did not like it. <laughs> uh, and um. I mean, I really like the idea that uh, I was. It was really hilarious to me the idea that that whole like training sequence was like the most anticlimactic training sequence ever. Maybe like there was just no training, <laughs> and there was no like fun montage or anything like that. It was just like a very frustrating experience for both of them. And she leaves and is like closer to the quote unquote evil dude than she was even before. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, a lot of the things in that movie go that way. I thought that was really funny. The idea that the bounty uh, hunter is like, which was kind of like a callback to Han Solo, I suppose. Also, like, oh, the guy who's like so apolitical, he could see beyond. He knows that both of them are like killers and whatever. In the end, he's just like a cheap like dude who just sells out at the, at the first possible moment. <laughs> I thought that was pretty fun. A lot of that movie kind of plays that way. I feel like uh, all of that is like pretty good. Uh, in the end, I guess I didn't really quite love it because there's just not a lot of like super memorable scenes. I thought in it, like scenes that I would be like, "Oh wow, that really like blew me away." I would really like to rewatch that movie just to see that scene again or something like that. Not a lot of those 
in this movie, to be honest. Um, Shirtless and, Adam Driver. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's something, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, it's um, kind yeah. of funny a little bit that, like, one of the movie's big moments is Rose saying to... Um, Poe? No, not Poe. Yeah. The other Finn. one. Finn. Finn. Saying to Finn, uh, you know, we're going to win this war by saving what we love, not destroying what we hate. But so much of this movie is about destroying what Len <laughs> Johnson hates about the Star Wars franchises. <laughs> yep. Which is fine. <laughs> sure is. Maybe not the point, <laughs> according to him. I'm <laughs> glad <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's not dead, though. That would have been yeah. ugh. Yeah. Glad they maybe no, decided to kill her I'm off. Glad we get more yeah. of those, Tico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to watch her episode of Comedy Bang Bang now, cause. <laughs> oh, nice! I didn't know yeah. she did one. Yeah, yeah. I on the podcast Scott Ackerman talks about how weird it was because she's a relative unknown. So Comedy Bang Bang is like one of the few acting things she did before Star Wars. <laughs> so she's like, it's weird to be like. Oh yeah, you were that person that was like hanging out at a rap party. Like you're really nice, and now you're a huge star. That's a little weird. <laughs> now you're more famous than I'll ever be. <laughs> so it happens sometimes. Yep. Very okay, good. now it's me, Reuben. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I saw the movie Footlight Parade, and I really like it. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Um. And if it weren't so overtly sexist and racist, <laughs> I would say probably be like maybe a high four and a half stars, low mm-hmm. five star movie. Uh, it's, as I said to Basil last night, the most I've ever enjoyed one of those Busley Berkeley musicals before the impressive Music. Busby Berkeley ending, you know, 20 minutes that is always just like stapled on to the end of a <laughs> backstage drama that usually doesn't have that much drama or comedy. But mm-hmm. this one was surprisingly funny. Um, James Cagney turns out can be a pretty good actor sometimes. This part <laughs> in the thought? movie when um, he's a... Uh, uh, like his secretary comes in and he's like asleep at his desk and she's like I thought you were going home and uh, he was like I did go home and then as I was going home I saw these cats and I was like that's gonna be our next number is cats and cats they gotta do the cats 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 it's <laughs> like losing his mind talking about cats and every time I think about it it makes me laugh um, and also it has kind of a bit of the opposite of what Basil was complaining about Amadeus and that <laughs> none of it uh presentation of art is romanticized at all <laughs> it's all about money and <laughs> um people trying to make money and steal money from each other and it's all fiduciary and just trying to um <laughs> like you know not slip into the maw of the coming great depression essentially (laughs) everyone's just holding on for dear life (laughs) um it's pretty cool uh yeah but kind of like stella dallas uh with basil 
movie I really like that I mostly ideologically disagree with. (laughs) (laughs) Busby Berkeley loves those huge militaristic uh, celebration dances. And I'm like, this is really beautiful celebrating the military. (laughs) (laughs) This is really beautiful fascistic imagery here. (laughs) (laughs) This is part in the movie that, like, uh, is like throwing the brakes on car going like a hundred miles an hour where um (laughs) james cagney is like looking and he's realized his final idea and he's like that's it that's what we need for the musical we need a waterfall falling on these beautiful white bodies (laughs) i'm like wait what and then that's and it's a bunch of black children playing in a fire hydrant and i'm like what (laughs) jesus yeah (laughs) so yeah that's that's what's going on in this movie is lots of things that uh, underpin it are things that I absolutely hate, but all of that icing on top is really delicious. <laughs> Pre-code was wild, y'all. <coughs> was wild. Yeah, there's a lot of very overt references to uh, sex work in this movie. Yep. <laughs> Babyface, too. I mean, that's the basic plot of the movie is that uh, a German guy who's obsessed with Nietzsche is like, oh, no, men have power over you except in sex. So use that sex power and manipulate men. And that's what she does for the whole movie. She just sleeps her way to the top. Really, really unapologetically. Yeah. The one thing you could say for the sexism of Footlight Parade is that it goes really hard into both men and women. It's like, they're both not living up to their terrible gender roles. It's like, in the 30s, men are weak-willed babies, and women are trying too hard to have jobs. Like, that is I'm pretty like, cool. Well, I, guess, I guess they're both getting it. So, so yeah, that Footlight baby Parade, face, stars. <laughs> so then baby face is like the part in uh, Blonde Venus between the scene in the flop house and the time when Marlon Dietrich is suddenly a superstar. It just mm-hmm. basically tells that story. Yep. <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, but yeah, her amorality is really uh, very impressive. At cool. one point, uh, one of her former lovers shoots her current lover and then kills himself. And then the next scene. She doesn't. She doesn't care at all. She's just trying to get the most money out of her tabloid story that she can. I was like, "That's cool. Those men sucked." Hell she yeah. Gets it. Wow. <laughs> uh, all right. More pre-code. All right. Movies. On to post-code movie. <laughs> Extremely, Extremely post-code post, movie. Yeah. Patrick. Um, did not like this movie. Uh, no, you're supposed to give us the plot. <laughs> plot, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's Spoiler. the plot. The plot I don't like it. It's not good. <laughs> plot. This is actually, <laughs> we watched the Cloverfield Paradox, but actually all of us watched Patrick watching the movie, so that technically was the plot. <laughs> Patrick didn't like this movie. That's the plot. That's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> All right, Basil. What did you think of Patrick um, not liking it? <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, so the Cloverfield paradox starts where there's an energy crisis on Earth. I guess sort of like near future uh, of the present day. The there's two people in the car, Eva and her husband, whose name I forget now. But she 
basically decides that she's going to join this mission to space to try and start an engine that will create infinite energy called the Shepard Project, I think is what it's called. The power and, of the uh, sun in the palm of my hand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then uh, it, we, we get a basically a sort of like little multiracial, multinational cast in space. Um, and they're all up there trying to start the engine and they it basically goes through a montage of them having been up there for 600 and some odd days of trying to start this engine and they realize that they're running low on fuel reserves and they only have like three more fires of the engine before they run out of energy to try again um, so uh, they right before that happens there's a very obvious scene of someone on television talking about like if they start this engine it could create a time paradox and like <laughs> unleash all sorts of unknown things happening uh and the guy's like turn that off we're gonna start the engine and so <laughs> they start the engine and, and then it works for a second and then it shuts off and then they look outside and the earth is gone and they realize that they've something has happened that sounds exactly like what that guy was describing where they seem to have <laughs> ripped a hole in the space-time continuum and weird shits that's <coughs> happening on the uh on the ship uh a person who wasn't part of the crew is locked in one of the walls and they have to cut her out uh and her i forget what her name is but uh, jensen or something Yen yeah jensen mm -hmm. i think and uh they they rescue her and then uh, basically go through this whole series of weird shit happening on the station. Uh, Chris O'Dowd gets his arm pulled off by the wall, and then <laughs> his arm comes back out of the wall and leaves them a message. Uh, to one of the crew members has died, and they have to cut him open, and they find like the little piece that they were missing to make the ship go again. And uh, basically, a bunch of weird stuff happens. Jensen ends up being a traitor. And she's going to take the ship away from them and, you know, fly it back to Earth so that the, she can give uh, everybody on Earth the infinite energy because apparently a big war has started in the reality that they're in now. But they triumph over her, make it back to their dimension, and they're like, hey, we got the engine started. Woohoo, we're going to head back to Earth now. And uh, as they're coming back to Earth, you see that. Uh, apparently the space-time continuum released a bunch of aliens on Earth in their reality. And there's, like, big friggin' monsters everywhere. So, yeah. She's technically like not, not a traitor to her people. That's right, yeah. <laughs> not to She's her dimension. She's only a traitor to the ship that to she their... was never a part of. Yeah, to their, to their other dimension ship. Basil? Um, yeah, I, I didn't like this movie, um, more, I thought it was like just pretty boring. Like I was just like, yeah. and weirdly I was like, uh, <laughs> a movie that I don't actually even like, but I think is okay. Like has, it's been compared a lot to life, which came out last year with Jake Gyllenhaal. And I was like, oh, this is like a worse version of life, which I really didn't need since that was like the baseline <laughs> level of okay that I was willing to accept <laughs> for this kind of movie. <laughs> and, uh, and also, I guess it's like slightly confusing because 
uh, I mean, Cloverfield and then 10 Cloverfield Lane, like there was a way in which I sort of assumed that those storylines were happening in the same world somewhat concurrently, that like this thing's happening in New York and then in some small rural area, these are how other people are reacting to this alien invasion. But like this movie has like nothing to do with that. Like it, it creates a different thing in which the aliens were brought by something that doesn't even make sense. And then there's also, you know, uh, like an energy crisis, which was never mentioned in either of the previous movies. So, like this one takes place in like a different dimension. And then at that point, I'm like, but why? Like, why Cloverfield now? Like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. If they if they take place in the same storyline, it means that the original Cloverfield. No one ever mentioned the fact that there was a giant spaceship. <laughs> like no one felt trying the need to, to like, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, or that yeah. Russia is about to invade or something like that. Yeah, invade mm-hmm. Germany because that might have been like a radio transmission at some point. <laughs> right, and I mean even just like the small like continuity stuff that's you know I wouldn't normally complain about, but like you know no one had smartphones in two thousand seven, so doesn't really. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, didn't like this. Uh, <laughs> um, I was really kind of uh, excited about it, actually, even for a second, because it was like, oh wow, this is a interesting thing. Like, uh, I kind of still like the idea of the Cloverfield universe uh, <laughs> a, a lot, at least a lot more than the Avengers, because mm-hmm. it seems like the Cloverfield universe is built on anti-marketing. <laughs> There's right. no marketing whatsoever. <laughs> you kind of have to do a lot of work to put these movies together at all uh, and combine like the, the this uh, the universe that they're all somehow taking place in. Apparently, um, although as Basil pointed out, it's very difficult to put this one in it. Um, and um, yeah, I uh, was also like, I mean, I thought it was pretty funny that a lot of the criticism leveled at this movie was that it's scientifically implausible, which is like, <laughs> really? <laughs> that's that's what bothered you about it? So not like the, the the absolute nonsensical way everything like kind of unfolds. Like, why is this, sh- that, what, what is this space team, this international space <coughs> team? Why is there an Irish dude? Why is there like, why are there... Like wh- what is happening? Why have they? How long have they been? Why are they there for two years and they're just like pushing a button for two years? <laughs> it's just all of it is so strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and I guess I mean I think the director of this movie um, is like a Nigerian director I think or something, uh, which is cool. And I thought that like this shot of the main actress whose name i forget like, yeah pressed like against the glass while her kids uh, like like uh, while this video plays her kids is like a nice little very sweet shot but it's like completely overplayed in this movie and um well again i like the idea of giving like the fact that there's oh these there's two americans and they're both black and like it's not commented on whatsoever is like an interesting way to introduce 
this uh, type of like racial uh, like casting or whatever and like make you the viewer just like okay i guess that's how racial politics work in space um <laughs> but this is not in any way questioned by anyone um that this is like played as normal uh but again that's not really uh something that the movie really deals with whatsoever so um i kind of i would like to like this movie but i just don't mm-hmm. i loved it no i'm kidding yeah, <laughs> yeah that was pretty I unconvincing like very interesting <laughs> to hear this take <laughs> sorry i'm not as good as basil at john wick chapter two <laughs> i figure since this was our first 2018 release Spring. i should do the same joke yeah <laughs> um mm. yeah i mean the most disappointing thing in the end about this movie is that it didn't play theatrically, so I didn't get to see it in a movie theater with Ethan and Patrick, because then right. I had a real good time watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, I was, like Basil, mostly bored in my own home, because yes. I didn't have anyone to, like, you know, make jokes about some of the dumb stuff. My last note for this movie is Gleeb, Glorp, Glump, Cordal Seam. Because that's what the dialogue center does sound like to me. Is people saying nonsense words. Um, talking about pushing buttons. The part when they're trying to open the door that uh, Zhang Ziyi's uh, Tam is trapped behind. She like opens a panel and there are these like batteries. And she just moves them back and forth. <laughs> Looks very scientific. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, man, this is really funny. I wish I was watching this with the loose cannons crew. <laughs> As opposed to just at eight in the morning here at Birmingham. Just yep. bored. <laughs> Wishing I was doing just something put else. Together that I'm... light brain <laughs> so the door will open. I'm pretty sure yeah. I checked uh the time remaining nine times over the course of an hour and 40 minute film mm. <laughs> including Ouch. twice in the first 20 minutes so, uh yeah anyways patrick you've been quiet this whole time what did you think of this movie <laughs> well uh you know i had a very nuanced take on it no I'm just i didn't like this either um i think all the problems with this movie stem from the script it's a very 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 bad and lazy <laughs> and terrible script um it mm-hmm. immediately throws characters that you know nothing about into these situations and it tries to define them by their situations which i think is the biggest problem where it's like this woman lost her children and it's like that's all i know about her though why do i care <laughs> like i don't know who she is i don't none of this is i'm not picking up anything from this character like it just assumes that i'm going to care about the characters immediately without me knowing anything about them and that i don't like and also it oh it does some really lazy things with the way people die in this movie like it just never really (laughs) explains what's going on in these scenes it's like (laughs) why did that pod malfunction that they got into or like why did everything suddenly start flying toward the wall in that one room like (laughs) eh, just space demons or something i don't know (laughs) it's never at all explained and so it's like okay well i guess at any point any weird thing that you want to happen could happen (laughs) because the screenwriter makes it so i guess yeah Yeah, uh i uh, i was just gonna say real quickly that uh even before the movie came out and all the bad reviews came out on letterboxd uh 
like I was already somewhat hesitant because I saw that the script was written by uh, Oren <laughs> Uziel, who uh, is, some may remember wrote and directed my number two least favorite movie of last year, Shimmer Lake. So I was like, uh oh, <laughs> this guy's writing it. That's not a good sign. Yeah. And with uh, a credit from Doug Jung of Star Trek Beyond fame. <laughs> nice. <laughs> two classics what a oh, dream team <laughs> um yeah so uh i wish the movie weren't so boring because yeah a movie that's dumb could have been fine just funny yeah by me like all the really dumb like the part that patrick is i don't know how annoyed he was with it but it's like when i sort of started to like become a little bit interested in the movie is when chris o'dowd just went went for how dumb it is he's like my arm is giving me a message this is what's yeah. let's get my arm a pin and i was like this is pretty funny it doesn't make any sense but like you know they're really going for like how silly and stupid it is per second and then they introduce gugu and bathara raw's dumb dead kids plot again and i'm like Ugh, never mind yeah. <laughs> back off board really bad yeah yeah, uh, yeah i like that the arm is just like it's like uh, that hand in the Adams family. Yeah. It's like, like thing. <laughs> if if but, they uh, had made that like more of a feature in the movie where the hand was just like running around like helping them do things, I'd be like, now this is funny. Like this that would have been a funny final shot of the film. Would have been like the space station like yeah. circling around. It's the just Earth, the hand. Still like... The arm is just crawling around. <laughs> the hand's like doing things like pushing buttons. It's like oh the hand. <laughs> yeah i mean at times this movie really does feel like Oren uziel was got like this contract from netflix to like okay you get to write this lower field movie and, and we can we're only going to tell you it's in space so like watch <laughs> a few space movies and then you'll and then write something so you yeah. decided to watch tarkovsky's solaris <laughs> and uh, an event horizon yeah yeah uh, yep. i was gonna mention event horizon and, and of course and Galaxy Quest. Uh, <laughs> the, those three movies are like the ones that he based this movie probably off. Probably Sunshine too, maybe a little. Sunshine, bit. probably. Yeah, uh, and like it's just like it's just so incongruent. Like what this tone is. Like the Jensen character is kind of like she's walked straight out of Solaris because she's just like this. Where am I? What is going on? I'm from this other. Am I a dream or am I or, or what? What am I? Um, but then that hand scene. <laughs> just like like what the fuck is that yeah. i mean that's yeah, like evil I, dead too yeah exactly that's maybe the only and interesting the, idea the putty in comes this to movie. life <laughs> i don't know and no. attacks chris down which i'm fine with i don't like chris dead either get go get him buddy yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a movie seriously uh, that dude isn't too much too many things and he's never good I know this isn't, you know, exactly about the movie itself, but I, well, I wanted to say two things about the marketing. One, there's a tweet that I should start, like, movie tweets I should, like, log somewhere so that I can find them exactly again because I know that I'm going to bring them up. But uh -huh. um, the, uh, the paraphrase of this tweet was, like, first Cloverfield movie, month-long, uh, you know, intricate campaign, uh, second Cloverfield movie, like the month before it's released, like spooky trailer, third Cloverfield movie trailer and movie drop at the same time. Fourth Cloverfield movie, JJ Abrams shows up at your house and throws the Blu-ray at your disc at your head while you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. Uh, 
<laughs> but what I wanted to say about the marketing like and whatnot is that uh, I think that they've actually managed to create like a separate marketing universe where this is just a bad movie and this they market it the same way that all bad movies are marketed as but they sold you that their campaign was like an intentional ploy but yeah. this is what all bad mo- this is the same thing that happened with pluto nash like they yeah pulled all the trailers straight to know? dvd or whatever like <laughs> yeah, yeah most straight yeah. to dvd stuff like yeah. this is just straight to dvd but they've tricked like it's a pretty funny punked if you think about it that way they're like they got a bunch of people to watch this dumb movie right after the super bowl because what else are they gonna do um, <laughs> and you know it was just a dumb regular dumb bad movie that yeah. they didn't put very much time into <laughs> or <True>. talent <laughs> yeah right it definitely feels like a movie that was like written over a week and then they like i don't know like shot it in 10 days and they were like all right poor, that's it <laughs> poor zhang Ji and uh, yeah. daniel brul who think that they're in like a, a good movie or whatever or seem like really trying like daniel brul does a really constipated face like throughout the whole movie <laughs> He's like, He's oh, like, this is a serious sci-fi film. Yes, yes. I'm, 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 I'm a physicist. <laughs> I'm an alienist. And, <laughs> and I thought it was, I thought it was also hilarious how like they all just spoke fluent Chinese for some reason. Like I thought that was like really well, funny because it, it, it Chinese weird. is really hard. Like is what they would be learning English. And Chinese, like everyone would just learn English yeah. and Chinese, but, even but though it, there's going to be the future. Yeah, yeah. it was it was yeah. very it was very inconsistent for me though because it seems like at certain times everyone knows how to speak Chinese so that they, yeah. they can communicate with Tam, but then at certain times they're speaking Chinese and other characters can't understand what they're saying to each other. Exactly. And I was just like, wait a second, is it? Do they all know it or do they all not know it? You haven't established that. <laughs> it's real Uh, weird (laughs) yeah that actually kind of leads me to the thing that I actually like all the other stuff like the script or whatnot like even being bored by it you know it's fine it's like whatever I wasted an hour and a half of my day watching this movie right but the kind of that sort of kind of gets to like a faux wokeness angle of this movie that I actually do find kind of upsetting like that you know You've got this cast, you've got person of color director, people of color writers also, and like, you hope that (laughs) it's going to be something, but it almost seems like it was written like as a joke, like by people who really hate (laughs) woke stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're like, here's all correctness gone mad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, with Mm -hmm. like a red baiting character i'm like you don't know what wokeness is do you <laughs> like it's like the russian guy is evil and the evil russian army is about to yeah. invade europe and i'm like um <laughs> yeah and characters like very like obviously like fill in all that exposition for you too or it's like the russian guy just like turns around and he's like <coughs> I think the German guy's evil because the Germans are evil and they're doing evil things. And he's like, we're not evil. You're the evil ones. And that's like this whole like exposition of the conflict with these characters. I was just like, this is so 
dumb and it's hurting my brain listening to this stupid exposition about what's yeah. happening on earth and, and then like i said and before, the latin like, character is very religious the latin yeah. the irish characters the religious <laughs> ones like yeah <laughs> well yeah but it's, but like i said before it's there's I like a scene where somebody this part like, of the punking i did not enjoy <laughs> i did not enjoy being punked in this way seeing the movie with uh actors who i appreciate get you know bigger roles including zhang zi who we haven't seen very much who i think is a very yeah. good actress um and they tried to let her speak mandarin so that she could you know act better because i think that's probably one of the problems with having her in american movies is that her english isn't uh as good as it needs to be for her to deliver complete roles that way mm -hmm. and then get kind of lumped with uh post-racial trash <laughs> that yeah. has a bunch of stereotypes built into these characters uh -huh. like no <laughs> and i think the here. guy playing the russian guy is the same guy that was in the wire season two playing the russian guy nice who, oh. and he's not That's russian <laughs> <laughs> i would have never guessed That's from the... his accent the funniest, <laughs> the funniest part about that is the guy is not fucking Russian yeah, anyway. Like, like how why, Ben Kingsley's. Why like, do you keep uh, passing always him? Always playing like, like Indian so weird. Or playing, whatever. Yeah, he's always playing an Indian person. <laughs> and in like, uh, in the wire, he's like a few good jokes of the entire Marvel universe. Yep. Truly good jokes. Good old he just keeps getting three. called Boris, and the he's complaining about getting called Boris. Yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> 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 I don't even know if I can totally like I, who ever came up with that joke was probably like fired immediately they're like this joke has too many layers of commentary in it <laughs> get out of here <laughs> I mean we'll take I'm, it, though. <laughs> I'm gonna give Shane Black credit for that one <laughs> yeah because I like him I know that you don't care for him but I've seen two of his movies and I like one and I hate one so I don't know if I have it Real strong. Time to watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and settle this for <laughs> good. Time to watch Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Probably not on that one. <laughs> I mean, he did write getting too old for this shit, so. Yeah, he's fucking Norwegian. He's Norwegian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. They should have got. Um, what's I guess his name? it's. I guess it's close enough. Peter Northgard. Is that his name? <laughs> Peter Stormare. Yeah, Peter, Peter Stormare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at least, at least Peter Stormare went all the way, <laughs> went all the way overboard, and then turned that up uh, for for oh, fucking gosh. Andropov, which is <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> an iconic yeah. non-Russian Russian performance. I, yeah, I kept so expecting. Like, mm -hmm. Well, I, I kept expecting for them to like find Matt Damon at some point, and, like <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon to betray them. So it's like, hey, isn't isn't this a space movie? Where's Matt Damon? Then we spent a lot of money trying to get Matt Damon back home in space movies, <laughs> and The Martian, and an Interstellar, and. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. When I was watching this, it's like, oh, the Russian guy's the bad guy. And then I was like, oh, the German guy's the bad guy. And I mean, neither were technically correct. And I was like, this movie's really going after Ilya. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There aren't that many Russo-Germans. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, 
who was the American character in this? Because I can't remember which character like, was American. Daniel, the, I mean David. Oyo, oh, David, David Oyelowo. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's oh. the he's the sole American. The the yeah. only American on the ship. That's right. Because I I remember uh, Eva is actually well, she's British, obviously. Yeah. But I was like, oh yeah, she has the like big Union Jack on her <laughs> arm, and I was trying to remember like who is which country and i was like okay the russian guy's obviously <laughs> russian daniel rules obviously german was he russian though the russian guy <laughs> who's he? actually norwegian is obviously i couldn't i don't think jensen, uh, jensen is australian australia makes sense yeah although i was gonna say Swedish, uh, at one point like, oh, she yeah. puts on a different uniform that's french and i was like oh who's that french person's uniform they found <laughs> I don't think any French people died. <laughs> but any of those would have made sense to me, I guess. Daniel Brühl is Franco-German. <laughs> yep. um, just Central Europe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> UK gets two people. They get a British person and an Irish person. <laughs> the rest of Europe. <laughs> yeah. I will... Um, I do like to imagine that it's like a butterfly effect thing where the fact that Ava didn't accidentally kill her children is the reason that Daniel Brühl became a spy in the other dimension. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, if only she'd killed her children, everything would have worked out fine in the other dimension. Kill those kids. Kill those kids. Oh, yeah, and I wanted to go back to this, uh, the plot. And Patrick was talking about the plot, the um, news story from the conspiracy guy. Yeah, um, yeah. I, like, yeah. like we talked about at the best of 2016. Like, it's like kind of a fun twist. Wants to be like, okay, this guy is the villain, and he's also correct. And uh, you know, like that's a weird like thing that you have to untangle as like an audience member. It's like, okay, so. You know, that's all, and it's also a little more true to life. Like, people who are awful can sometimes do good things or say smart things or think through things mm-hmm. in a way in which you didn't. Like but, art. <laughs> but in this, For example. like, if they're just going to go forward being like, conspiracy theories are cool, yeah. <laughs> you should listen to the people who, who are the crackpots. Uh, yeah. No, God. I don't like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> don't make that a running theme of your universe. And I think that, I mean, in this specific instance, it seems like just, like, ripped straight from Dawn of the Dead because that's yeah. what happens in Dawn of the Dead is, like, there's, like, the weirdo crackpot on television yeah, who's yeah. like, they're coming for us! The, the dead will rise again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, there's no more room in hell. There's actually a, a good version of that on Starship Troopers where they briefly cut to that TV show that's playing and the woman is talking about the, what a brain bug is, and the moderator is being the douchebag who's like, "Oh, a talking bug? Oh, the, that's the the stupid." And she like steps on his foot. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you idiot! That was actually a really really cool way of showing that, and it was clearly like the same like idea, like, "Oh, it's being it, it's in the discourse or whatever." Like the idea is floating around. But like this way, it adds like this weird, dumb, romanticized notion to the idea of conspiracy theories always being onto something, and that's like, 
And I the think least. it's been well established that that's kind of to blame for the situation that we're in now, <laughs> politically, because it's like people yeah. bought into the conspiracy theories so much that they've just stopped believing, you know, like reality. <laughs> At this point, yeah. they're like, no, 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 no. It's got to be some sort of massive conspiracy. It has to be. Well, Nothing like, else makes it, sense. Or are rich people just being dumb idiots? Yeah, well, it's it's like what happens when you just have questioning, the idea of questioning, but without the idea of, you know, at some point realizing when an argument might be true and might be false is you're just left with the basic point of questioning always. You're always questioning everything. You fucking everything is real or everything is not real. It doesn't nothing really matters anymore. If that's all you can do is questioning and that's an absolute truth unto itself yeah and i and think there's, like, also, there's also a level of self-awareness that you have to have about like your biases and like when you're just buying into something because it supports your biases yeah and... i mean the idea is itself is fine like there's nothing wrong with that it's just like we the it's supposed to end in like some sort of like negotiation of facts at least Right. But it's like it's just like it's divorced from it completely. And that makes you makes the difference between conspiracy theory and, for example, something that is complicated and difficult to entangle, such as like like racism, for example. Right. Which also in the way that it's talked about can feel somewhat conspiratorial. Right. Oh, there's these systems. Right. There's a structural <laughs> like idea behind it, blah, blah, blah. Like the way people talk about it, you use sort of the same language. Right. Or there's similarities in the language that they use. But the fact is that it, in some way you're always like, you know, uh, on the one hand, you're untangling a really complicated web and system that's been in place for hundreds of years. And that's why you kind of have to. You know, it's not an obvious thing to think about. And the other thing, you're talking about fucking frogs turning gay, right? And that's like, <laughs> basically, you're saying those two things are both pretty cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> they're not at all both pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that, that, that whole idea of uh, divorcing questioning from, like, uh, scientific methods and like or like at least uh uh you know discourse of dialectical methods is basically what's you know what where you end up with like shit like alex jones and whatever you know <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. oh, man. um quickly go through some of the few things that i like about this movie um you can make a nice super cut like a 15 minute super cut of people not saying anything but looking frightened while alarms flash. <laughs> that's a significant chunk of this movie. Um, I like that uh, Michael, that's the name of her husband, uh, goes to Twitter when he wakes up to a large explosion. <laughs> I'm like, that's very modern and true. <laughs> like, that's what I would do too. If I woke Ooh. up in the middle of the night and half of my Something house was explosive. missing. I'd be like, hmm, what's Twitter have to say about what happened to my house? <laughs> Um, good arm being swallowed by wall effect. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I, yeah, I, did, I did like that. I was like, ooh, that's pretty cool looking. 
I appreciate, even in this ridiculous movie, someone being able to straightly deliver the line, this dimension is eating us alive. (laughs) 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 This dimension is tearing us apart. (laughs) Yeah, I guess the... Eva! (laughs) Delivering lines in a straight way is really like an underrated quality in a lot of actors. Like, it's, (laughs) it's pretty difficult. Mm. That's it. That's the totality of things that I liked in this movie. Nice. Mm. And yeah, one of them is uh, sort of a backhanded <laughs> compliment. compliment. Yeah. How'd you like uh, David Oyelowo's death? I thought was like one of the most absolute throwaway deaths in, <laughs> yeah. in, really in, in cinema history. It's just like, oh, wait, I have to. Na- wait, wait a second. This thing doesn't quite close. Wait. Why don't you go out and I close the door and now I have to die? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, but really? And, and like the way the way it plays out is also like she isn't quite sure. Oh, okay, I, I guess so. Like, is that <laughs> I guess true. I guess you have to die. <laughs> mm. It's yeah. never it's never properly set up like what the stakes are in that scene at all. I mean, um, come on. She also like she tries to argue with him. But then she quickly realizes what she should have realized from the beginning, which is that they have so little time that whatever decision he's made in that moment, she just should have to go along with. Because they're yes. all going to die if she doesn't yeah. just, you know, do whatever. Like, in the okay, next do whatever seconds. you need to do. <laughs> yeah. um, nice knowing you. And I knew it was going to happen as soon as he said, like, the two of us. He's like, all right, you two and me, we're going to go fix this problem. I'm like, there's a 100% guarantee that it's not going to take three people to do whatever <laughs> they're going to do. They're not going to come up with a scenario that actually involves three people. They're just all going to be in danger no. for no reason. It's and just, it took uh, one person. It took one person. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Two people standing around <coughs> watching him. Watch me die. Yeah, there, there's a... There's a much better version of that in the movie Sunshine, where they actually need all of the people that go out there, and then one person stays behind. And... There's a much better version of that in, like, half of the movies that exist. Like, most movies, you know, even not good ones, usually are able to get that simple idea down. Be like, okay, if someone says we're going to need three people for this job have three people doing three different things because right. that's not really that hard to write in they can give yeah. one guy a dumb button to push and another person <laughs> like a lever to turn or something yeah, and yeah. Then she can be Maybe like the, the lever's not turning and he's like, <laughs> you know or the batteries in this wall i can't find the right combination <laughs> <laughs> so yeah if the movie had just been that I, I don't know especially if i'd been able to watch it like in a theater with someone else i'd you know be on the exact yeah. same boat that i had with ride i'd be like great great fun movie experience yep. very mm. dumb movie <laughs> but <laughs> instead just Bad, uh, fell asleep yeah good we job watched it together <laughs> she fell asleep and i was like Oh, I'm jealous that you did that. Yeah, Yeah, and and I also think that... um, Got a lot of solitaire accomplished while I was watching this. I woke Mm. her up by laughing really hard at the last shot, which was very funny. It was. It is really funny. Like even now, when when Patrick was retelling the plot in the beginning, I was just like, "Oh yeah!" And then (laughs) this big ass monster comes out of comes out of the cloud. And like the guy shouting into his phone, don't make them come here. 
I I thought that they uh, really did themselves a disservice by cutting away from the station. Like I feel like there were other ways that you could have worked the husband, you know, to like trying to get a message to her into the story. Like cutting away to him, I don't know, finding this little girl and like none of that pays off in a satisfying way at all. No, it doesn't matter in this at all. Movie. And no. I was just like, why do <laughs> that, that I actually like... find kind of unintentionally funny because it's like such a perfect like, you know, bad movie setup of they yeah. lost their kid yeah now this kid lost their parents they're gonna yeah. create this new family together and oh she was eaten by a giant alien that's actually <laughs> kind of funny like <laughs> it doesn't pay off in a normal movie way whatsoever but i don't know yeah, there's, there's like nothing that. up to that point in this movie that makes me think i can give the writers credit for landing that joke mm, no <laughs> the um yeah, and also, like, there's, like, a weird just, like, dangling plot thing where it's like, oh, we found her parents. More info to come. <laughs> and then the movie's over. Yeah, I just never, never, I was like, okay, I guess they intended to finish that storyline, but Maybe. they never did. It but, doesn't... yeah, my my coworker watched it also, and he really didn't like it. And he was very annoyed that uh, whenever it cuts to her husband, Michael, he's just always on the phone. Like, that's, like, his whole, <laughs> yeah, like, his whole existence, like... <laughs> Yeah, I really he's phone guy. <laughs> like when when the girl calls him out for texting during drive while yeah. driving, and he's like, "Yeah, man, only in emergencies." <laughs> it's a lie. It, he's I always mean, on his phone. It it I mean it it should have been like the way that that should have been played. That would have been even funnier. It's been like only in emergencies, and then he like looks down at his phone, and then and they he crash. like crashes into something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why not? Hilarious. Like, it, I was expecting. Exactly. It. I was like, are they going to do that joke? Are they going to do that joke? And then they didn't do it. And I was like, what a missed opportunity. <laughs> would have been funny if you like crash into an alien that's like on the street or whatever. Like that would have been good. Speaking of missed opportunities, I'm actually kind of bothered by the fact that if you notice in that final shot, it's like with their trajectory like maybe they ran into the alien it's hard to tell depth because the shot is so far away but like that shot is supposed to be the ship going straight into the alien's mouth and eating it but instead it's like going like slightly behind it towards its shoulder blades and i'm like no Mm. yeah (laughs) the way to make this joke land is to have this alien eat that that he doesn't he doesn't eat the ship right no 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 it's not anywhere you, first of all, the alien pops out out of the cloud after yeah. they go through it. So you right. literally yeah. can't see what happened to the ship. Mm. No, so so it, it, the alien could have eaten it yeah. and then quickly changed course. <laughs> it could have landed on the alien's <laughs> foot, and that's why he popped up. He was like, ah! <laughs> 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 taking a nap. <laughs> uh, this place is crazy! Get me out of here! <laughs> now I'm even more tired than I was before I went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really mad because he doesn't know where he is. Somebody woke him up. Yeah, he's he like, like I'm a, I was in my his foot, and he's like, no. Nah! like, I was in my extremely cool alien dimension, <laughs> and now I'm and now I'm fucking here. Damn, it's not cool at all. Wife and kids. Like, what if alien? What if the 
alien dimension is just like really really warm and like yeah. he's like very comfortable <laughs> and there's just a lot loads of other aliens just like chilling alien grapes like just exactly alien fruits and vegetables he's, i just and I just now the prequel that's the alien at home he's just like sitting in his easy chair like smoking <laughs> a pipe like reading the paper and then he just, just gets zapped into the human swallowed like, ah, 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 by the fucking cloverfield on? paradox and now he's <laughs> In the fucking earth. It sucks, man. It absolutely sucks. That's another, uh, like, I mean, whatever. It's uh, the way that they shoehorn it in. Like, why is it called the Cloverfield Paradox? Like, not the movie, but, like, the conspiracy theory. Yeah. Like, like, what is the paradox? the, Uh. The original movie, like, Cloverfield is the name of like the like top secret like file whatever like, that the CIA and the secret service and the gov- NSA and everything has for like this thing that happened it's like project cloverfield or whatever and mm. then in the in the second one it's just sort of a throwaway thing that the that it's called 10 cloverfield lane but i could still buy that there's like a street somewhere called cloverfield lane like i could be like <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's a name, you know. Like, sure, makes sense. But like, <laughs> that there's I've seen then, a field like, of this... clovers before. I exactly. This concept. <laughs> yeah, but like that. Then there's in this world, there's like a uh, known enough that he doesn't have to explain it. Like, <laughs> like quantum theory <laughs> paradox called the Cloverfield paradox. A, a smarter, funnier movie would have had the interviewer uh, been like. Why do you call it the Cloverfield Paradox? They would have been like, because of those movies. <laughs> You've seen them, Where right? the aliens come? <laughs> yeah. Well. Bad score, yeah. too. Bear McCreary, the composer from oh, uh, yeah. One Battlestar I Galactica. Was like, Bear McCreary knocks it out of the park. And I was like, he does. <laughs> which, which park was that? The dog park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this is uh, not a very good score. The Yellow scene that I that I mentioned in the beginning with her like uh, against the screen with mm. her kids, the score is really real bad, real real bad in that one. Yeah. Like very heavy on the. Uh, you know, soft piano keys um, in that one. Yeah, and, and that shot's just like the Minority Report shot. I was like, yeah, well, is every uh, like <laughs> this movie is literally stealing everything? They're like, yeah, okay, guys, we watched every sci-fi movie. Let's put a little bit of each one in. Like, <laughs> so you said that this director is Nigerian originally. I don't know. I wasn't sure. Like I heard something. Was somebody on Twitter said that? So it might okay. not be. Might not Let's be. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Googling portion. Yeah. Googling Go- Google portion. it, everyone. Fact but I check mean, us. a lot of um, this stuff seems. I just oh, well, I just want to say that like it's um, not even really like a negative in the few Nollywood films that I've seen to just like copy American films or copy each other or just mm. <laughs> just redo scenes with different actors. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Julius Ona is from Nigeria. Yeah, Bollywood yeah. had a big reputation for that too that so he is Nigerian. here's three american yes. movies we like now they're all the same movie <laughs> so like you know yeah different different expectations 
pick. Yeah, sure. different, but I mean, different I feel audiences. like the majority. Someone of probably should have, you know, conveyed it to right. be like, so we don't really do that in America, <laughs> <laughs> or we do. But I feel like based on yeah. what I know of, uh, I don't know Uziel or whatever. Like this seems like it was like at the script level that like yeah. all these references <laughs> showed up. But. For what it is, the film is almost nice looking. Like mm-hmm. there are a couple moments where I'm like, hmm, I like the way that that CGI background looks out that window. Right. <laughs> And I like yep. that weird sealing goo stuff. Like <coughs> yeah. Spray it and then electrocute it. <laughs> yeah. Looks gross. But. I mean, it makes sense that Paramount dumped this movie. I guess everybody's saying that. But yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. Apparently At first, this... I was like, what? Oh, I was going to say, apparently, this movie was announced in November of 2012. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a it's long been a time. While. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long time to to be in development. Yeah, because yeah, at first I was like, when it didn't, uh, when I first heard the announcement, I was like, whoa, Netflix must have been real aggressive, paid Paramount a lot of money. But now I'm like, hmm, they probably paid what it cost. <laughs> like, at they most. probably <laughs> just gave it to them. Yeah, Paramount was like, hmm. We'll be happy just to not have to pay any marketing and uh, get a wash out of this movie. Apparently, they paid them like fifty million dollars for it. Uh, well, that's pretty close. I think it cost around forty. So yeah, yeah, that was that was the news story. That I Makes seen. sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. That seems to have worked. Everyone I know has watched it now. <laughs> so yeah, which is not true of uh, Netflix's other. Really big budget acquisition. Good old Bright. I don't know anybody who's seen that movie. Uh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> didn't show up on our worst of the year. Yep. Or best of the year. Yeah, that is great. Based on having rewatched or watched for the first time Training Day earlier this year, <laughs> I bet Bright is really good. <laughs> David Ayer is a cool guy who such a cool really guy. Knows he knows <laughs> he knows good movies about guy dudes and cars going that was, places. Uh, basically, Demi's review is like, "What is David Ayer's obsession with Latinos and tattoos? Shooting <laughs> other Latinos with tattoos." <laughs> he loves the LAPD. They're really cool. Yeah, yeah they are famously cool for at <laughs> least like. 26 years. Yeah, no. <laughs> yep. That's when they announced to the world how cool they are. <laughs> Riding that cool train ever since. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Classically cool moment. Los Where Angeles the... Police Department, 1992. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Watts riots before that, right? I mean, they've always been uncool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. their most historically uncool <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's long, the most a great a track long, record there. And a long very, history of being It's awful. very, very sustained track record. They're not a cool. one-hit wonder as far as <laughs> yeah. racist there's violence a, goes. Well, there That's was, just their biggest hit. 
There was literally a period in time where the whoever the person was running the LCD was basically like recruiting people who had been in the Ku Klux Klan from the South to come to Los Angeles and be part of the LAPD. Like that was a an active thing that they did. Like they were just like recruiting. I wish that racists. separated him from other police forces, but it's <laughs> <laughs> not really. No. Fuck me. It's just yeah. crazy that that's like a recorded element where they were like literally like, "Hey, move to Los Angeles, racists." And be a police officer, and it's like, well, that falls right in line with what we know. Yep. Would you say yeah. that some of those that work forces are the same <laughs> the who burn, burn crosses? crosses? It's <laughs> 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 a solid way to end this. Cloverfield Paradox bringing us all the way to Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> well, it is making us more woke. Rage Against the Space Station. <laughs> okay. Um, so, first of all, we haven't 100% decided what's coming out next. It's probably Black Panther, but we might have a podcast come out between now and then. Uh, yes, might be able to sneak in yeah. Treasure of the Sierra Madre, or or, yeah. or a surprise. Or a surprise. Um, so I can't really tell you what to watch for next week. If you watch Black Panther, you'll definitely be able to listen to one of our podcasts very soon. Mm -hmm. And also, this one was a surprise, I guess, too, since yeah. you know it was a surprise in the whole world. But we picked yeah. it to watch uh, uh, before it came out. Um, and then, of course, you know, you can find all of our content on loosecannons.net. Uh, writings, Basil's doing his list, but it's now monthly instead of weekly. So it's easier. the first, first one is up for you to read. January. And if you haven't seen it, I have a video now. I can tell you what it is. I'm counting down my, uh, not loose cannons, but my personal top 100 of the 2010s in the style of David Ehrlich's end of the year videos. I've released the first one, 100 through yeah. 76, which came out last Friday. And uh, I believe you'll be listening to this podcast on Friday. And if so, the next one, 75 through 51, will be coming out a week from when you listen to this podcast. Uh you better listen to it the day it comes out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or else. Um, and as Patrick mentioned on the last podcast, we now have uh, Patreon. 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 Like Patrician. Like Patreon. Oh, I see. You're making that joke. <laughs> What's her name, right? Neil. Yes. <laughs> didn't know how to say it right. Um, oh. And you can give us money now for all yeah, this do it. great stuff that we do. Uh, you can just give it to us or, you know, like uh, every other Patreon in the world, you can uh, <laughs> get uh, perks for doing it if you like. Uh, there are a lot of different options, but an example tier would be uh, you give us $20 a month for a year and we'll make a video for you. Montage just or... For you. Yeah. Just for you. Just or uh, what you want. topic or filmmaker or film 
that you would like to see one yeah. of us discuss. You can send us your whole movie tapes and we'll edit <laughs> that movie for you. We yeah. just make into something super cool. Into something really great. Actually, if someone wanted to do that, I would do it for free. That sounds like a fun. <laughs> if any of my lis- if any of our listeners have like weird home movies, just send it to us. Get in contact. Basil will do it for free, but we still have costs to pay. So yep. yeah, yeah. Basil is technically doing it for free, but you're sending me Ruben the money so that I can pay for the web hosting. Yeah, we like to, at the very least, yeah, pay for the web hosting for the year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've been talking about this wrap up for a long time yeah. now. So uh, that's it on <laughs> the Cloverfield Paradox. Probably for the rest of time, this movie didn't really need to be discussed to begin with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but nope. you listen to all of it, so thank you for that. Yeah. Um, no. Subscribe using your podcast listening application. Give us a five star rating and review on iTunes. Bye. 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 <laughs>